number two. 25 minutes, we'll get to you in Hilton Coliseum for Iowa State women. Their broadcast gets underway at 11.30 with the pregame. Uh, tip time is noon. The men play on Sunday on the bus at noon, by the way. Arkansas Pine Bluff. The game is on ESPN+. Plus. Dave Sproul momentarily. Tom Cakert in about oh, five, seven, eight, whatever it is, minutes. Uh, Dave Sproul joins us. Dave, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. I remember uh, you sharing your thoughts with us when you got to Jack Trice for the first time with no fans back on September the 12th. Uh, shortly you'll be at Hilton for the first time with no fans. I'm guessing you'll have a kind of a similar thought process, right, when you see it for the first time with nobody in the building except for the teams and a scattered few people. Yeah, it's going to be very, very strange. It might be even weirder in a sense than, than Jack Price Stadium because the Hilton atmosphere is unique, uh, certainly, to say the least, and uh, it can get so loud in there when the fans really get going and the teams really get going. It, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, just to be there for that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be so different. It's going to be interesting. I mean, one of the things you notice when you watch the football games on TV that have fairly empty stadiums, you can hear the calls and you can hear the players talking. And uh, you can't hear that in football stadiums if you're there in person, mm-hmm. but being there in person uh, in Hilton, I think we'll be hearing a lot of uh, players you know, talking to each other, calling out the signals and mm-hmm. things like that. And that might come through the radio and TV as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. What are you looking forward to seeing the most? A lot of questions on this team, a lot of new guys. What's kind of the biggest, most pressing question you're looking to answer on Sunday? I think just a matter of chemistry, really, how mm-hmm. all these guys kind of fit together, or at least you know how well they, they know each other and understand each other and trust each other to be in the place that they're supposed to be. There, there are going to be some hiccups, obviously, along those lines. But considering, you know, first and foremost, all the new faces with the transfers coming in and the freshmen who are going to get playing time, it's going to be a very different-looking team, and, and they're still getting to know each other and then trying to work uh, through the pandemic and um, trying to, you know, limit exposure as much as possible. It's probably hindered them in practice somewhat, probably everybody else. So there's going to be some uh, some moments where they might look really uh, like they're two different basketball teams almost uh, on the court at the same time, moving in different directions, uh, all wearing white jerseys. But there might be also times where they're really flowing together and working together, and those are the ones that you're, you you got to capitalize on. And uh, hopefully uh, for Iowa State, they see as much of that as possible. Well, hopefully for Iowa State on Friday, we're going to see them pick off Texas and stamp their ticket to the Big 12 uh, championship game. What's the key in your mind? Is it as simple as... You know, have a plan for Sam Ellinger because if the play breaks down, you know darn well he's as, he's as good with his feet and he's such a big old dude um, that he's tough to get on the ground. Do you think that they will uh, – is Haycock got a plan for him as far as somebody's going to be assigned? Is there a spy for Ellinger? Is that maybe um, part of the game plan, do you think? That's certainly a possibility, and, and uh, I would say even a strong one. Uh, when you get an athlete like Mike Rose across the other way at, at linebacker, he could probably uh, you know fill that role for uh-huh. you uh, pretty nicely. But I, 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 know, I don't know how different that is from what Iowa State does on a, a regular basis, and sometimes it, it can be hard to get away from those things without you know sacrificing something on the other side. But it will be important to contain Elliger, try to keep him in the pocket. He's not going to beat you with fancy moves or, or quick cuts or anything, but – he can extend the play very, very well, and he's got a couple of receivers on that team that you know know how to take advantage of that, find open spaces during those scramble situations. So, yeah, you really got to keep an eye on that quarterback and make sure he does not get loose. The buildup has been as big as a Iowa State football game has been in a long, long time. Dave, you've known this program for a long time. You've been around it. Inside the building, when 
obviously you can't go inside the building here in 2020, <laughs> but when you get the measure of what this means and talking to the guys this week, is it another game, business as usual, or can you feel that from inside the football offices? Uh, well, I, I can't from inside, obviously, but that, that's one of the down downsides of not being able to talk to these guys in person. You don't really get a sense of uh, how excited they are. You don't get to look them in the eye, really, and, and see you know if there's a little extra glint there of excitement or anticipation. Uh, but in, in the meeting uh, or with the media this week, you know, Matt Campbell tried to downplay it, mm-hmm. and we're just going to approach it like any other game, and that's uh, the approach that has worked for him, obviously, and, and made him as successful as he is. But Couple of guys, Chase Allen in particular, you probably get away with this because he's a senior. Uh, he indicated, yeah, this this might mean a little bit more. He still, you know, indicated you still you got to take care of business and and handle yourself in a business like way. Uh, but uh, you know, I think he is aware uh, that the, there's a little more at stake in this game than than usual. But at the same time, you can't let it get the better of you, make you tight, and and play out of fear. You got to play with with freedom and and fun. And as Chase Allen said, you know, he he, he said. You know, he wishes everybody could understand really how much fun that that team is having, and we'll see if that does carry over into Austin on Friday. Well, we'll see those tight ends, and Chase Allen didn't catch a ball against K State. Uh, I, I got to think that that's going to change this weekend. Look, as good as Hutchinson is, and he's clearly their best wide receiver. Uh, Purdy's really taken a liking to him. Why wouldn't he be? But I have to think that that's going to be the guy, the receiver that they try to eliminate. I think this is a tight end game. I'm not going out very far on the limb because Iowa State's got three really good. Good ones. Sainer, I think, deserves more credit than he gets. I get it that Kohler and Allen overshadow him a little bit. But this might be a tight end game where those three tight ends have a major, major say in this football game. Well, it'll be important for them to, you know, not only to, to succeed in the receiving game, but in the blocking game as well. Because number one on Iowa's offense is to get Brees Hall going. And that really, it doesn't seem tough, but you know, Texas is probably a little bit higher level athletically on the defensive side. And they're going to be focused on, on stopping the run for Iowa State. So they need to, to make get some effective runs early. He doesn't have to have any big game breakers early, but just you know punch the forward wall there a little bit, and then you can run off some play action and get the tight ends into you know short and, and moderate uh, distances and, and get them open a little bit because they can suck in the defenders a little bit, make them think they're going to block, and then release into some free space and get open. So that, that will be a big part of the play game play plan, I should say game plan, uh, but uh, I, I think it's it's going to be the formula is going to be pretty similar to what worked for Kansas State against Kansas State. All the big playmakers made big plays. Brock Purdy had a great game. Reese Hall mm-hmm. had a typical great game. Xavier Hutchinson, Charlie Kohler, all made contributions. Mike Rose and and the big names on defense that you expect. All those guys they need to step up again. They need to really be big time players in a big time game. Yeah, I think the two best defensive players in the Big 12, uh, Mike Rose is one of them, uh, and, but, uh, Osai, 46 for, for Texas is a disruptor. He, I hope, and I know they've got a game plan for him, but he can wreck games. He can wreck football games is what he could do. Uh, he is so, so good. He's going to make a lot of money playing at the next level. So is Mike Rose, uh, for that matter. Uh, have a wonderful, uh, weekend, Dave Sproul. You're about to get busy here. You'll be at Hilton 45 minutes and then, uh, lots to recap with you when, uh, you join us on Monday at about 11.30. Thanks, Dave Sproul. Happy Thanksgiving. Right back at you guys. Thanks for the time. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KASI uh, in Ames. That's 14.30 on the AM dial. Tom Kekert covers the Hawkeyes for HawkeyeReport.com. I guess we should start with basketball first, Trent, because after all, it's coming up in four hours. 
Think about that. Four more hours, there'll be hoops. What do you want to see? Good to talk to you, Tom, as always. Happy Thanksgiving. What do you think McCaffrey wants to see out of this team today? What would he consider a successful um, lid lifter to the 2021 season? <laughs> Probably, um, I would say, no injuries will be one of them. Uh-huh. And then I think, um, you know, defense, I think, is going to be the big thing, is... Uh, how how they perform defensively in this game, and I think Fran wants to see progress. I heard in the scrimmage he wasn't uh, 100% happy with uh, mm. the defensive performance, so I think that's going to be an emphasis as well. Tom, I listened to your podcast, the Hawkeye Report podcast, last week, and you threw a nugget in there. Speaking of that scrimmage, it was the the starters and the experienced guys against the youngsters, and the youngsters pushed them, you said. Yeah, it was closer than I think anybody thought it would be. Now, let's also note, Joe Wieskamp did not play. Okay. So um, you're missing your your second-best player. So uh, I think you've got, got to factor that in as well. Joe wasn't there. But the, the young guys really pushed him, and they were uh, um, played him tough, and they challenged him, and they made him work uh, defensively. And I heard Graham was not real pleased with uh, <laughs> the overall effort. You know, probably works out well, right? Because yeah. that's so uh, you want to be able to light a fire underneath them, and uh, that uh, apparently was the case. Well, shall we move to football, fellas? And where I want to go with you, Tom, um, is, and I hope I'm saying his name right, Yaya, mm-hmm. Yaya Black. I mean, for Ferris yeah. to say the, what he said the way he did it, and you've covered the program for as long as he's been there for the most part, you don't hear glowing praise about a young player uh, like Ferris was willing to share with the media this week. Uh, what's Black's story, Tom? And, and um, I mean, was this anticipated that he was going to, at some point, get his opportunity? You know, it was interesting because it's kind of, you know, Black has kind of just pushed for this opportunity, performed well in practice and, and things. I thought one of the more interesting thing was he was like, yeah, and then he gets in a game and he basically is just too nice. And mm. they want him to be, you know, just kind of meaner uh, out there when the games are going. Um, but he was kind of a basketball player for a lot of his time, too. And, um, you know, I don't know if he was like a quote-unquote basketball prospect, but he got some looks basketball-wise just because he's bigger and strong. And um, so maybe football just didn't come as quickly for him. But, um, you know, he looks he looks the part. I mean, you see him out there. He looks like a college player as a freshman. And that you can't always say that about every guy. Hey, dude, uh, ready to go and certainly hope for the future, another pass rusher that they can throw out there. But you think of the linemen that have come through there. And for Kirk to say, as impressive as guys we've had come through camp in a long time as a freshman, I think that says a lot right there. Tom, to the here and now, Friday, Black Friday, noon kickoff with Nebraska coming to town. Cornhuskers looked about as bad as they possibly could last week. Iowa 20-point win against Penn State. Yet the last two games have taken a last-second field goal to win it. What do you think we're going to see Friday? Um, I think it's probably going to be closer than I, I think the the odds have kind of went a little too far one way, mm. um, just based on results and the fact that Iowa has played really well the last three weeks and that Nebraska, um, you know, if, if, if this was right after the Penn state game, that line's probably single digits somewhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, middle 
six points probably. So I wonder if this is just a little bit of an overreaction to to losing to Illinois. Uh, Tom, how many um... – Look, I, I, I don't know if you saw the Illinois-Nebraska game last week or not. Illinois, they just ran the football at will against Nebraska. They made the, yeah. gave the black shirts back out again. Uh, but Epstein just went crazy. What's the other kid's name? Brown, I think. Um, but Epstein was the, was the, he's the banger. Uh, and he just ran over them. Um, I have to think that this is, I mean, that's what I was going to want to do again on Friday, right? Just run the damn football. And as long, you know, it's the old Hayden Fry adage of, uh, scratch where it itches uh, comes comes to mind, and yeah, I know people want to see more from Petrus, and they want him to do more and do this and do that. If you run the football, there's um, you know, as old coaches will tell you, two out of the three outcomes for throwing the ball are bad. So um, with running the ball, most of, if you're successful, why why go away from that? So I suspect we're going to see. A lot of Tyler Goodson. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, um, Makai Sargent, maybe some Ivory Kelly Martin. I think those guys are just, you know, going to have a big day. Nebraska's given up 233 a game on the ground, uh, which is next to last in the Big Ten. So, um, yeah, they're 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 generous, is how I termed it in my preview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> generous on the ground. Looks like the hopes of a Big Ten West title out the door with. Yep. Wisconsin obviously losing to Northwestern and now not going to be able to play the Gophers coming up this weekend. It's Northwestern's division unless they win out here yet. Still feels like a lot to play for and a lot to build upon. Those first two games were frustrating, but you look forward with this program. 2021 has a chance to be pretty good again. Yeah, um, it's interesting. This will be an interesting topic. You guys may have touched on it. I don't know. What if... Wisconsin would have won last week, and now they'd be out of the title race. Think about that. That's a good point. That's a good point, because they would have fallen below that sixth threshold, which they will this week. That's a, that's a great topic, Trent, or, uh, Tom. Hey, Tom, last thing for you, and then I've got one prop. <laughs> um, I know you spoke with Sean Callahan, your colleague over at the Huskers' rival site. Who does he expect yeah. to start at quarterback? We had Sipple earlier. He's kind of He kind of believes that Frost was alluding to Adrian Martinez. Did Call- Does Callahan feel the same way? I think he... He thinks that the door is more wide open to it um, this week, at least, than it was last week. Um, I, I think the lesson here, and, and, and maybe uh, you know, to open things up, when you you look at Penn State and you look at Nebraska, people were clamoring for that backup quarterback, and you look at the results you got. Yep. Um, backup is not always the answer. Now, I know some people will say, "Yeah, but Michigan brought their backup in and." They rallied and beat Rutgers. I'm like, yeah, that's Rutgers too. So let's, let's <laughs> keep that in mind. But because the, we've, there's been a lot about you know, a lot of Iowa fans just they're done with Petrus already. It's Jeez, it's reached get it. It's reached the 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 Jakes level, you know, oh. Christensen Rudock level. <laughs> the Jakes uh, up, in, yeah. in my world, you know, it just has. It's, yeah. the, they're done with them, and they've decided that they're done with them, and regardless of what. Spencer Petrus does from here on forward, they will uh, focus on what he doesn't do and not what he does. Jake do. Christensen yeah. certainly lit up the phone lines. I remember that era. All right, for both of you, here's my prop. Over under two and a half catches for Oliver Martin. Tom Kakert taking the over or the under? Over. 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 They're going to get him the ball. They're going to feed him. All I right. Think they're going to. 
to try to get Oliver a big play against the Hawkeyes. And they've got no wide receivers. It's yeah. clearly the weakness of that offense. Over Trent, so I'm we, going under. You're going under. Nah, Good. I'm, I'm, under. I'm, I'm balanced two catches. My books. Yes, two catches, 18 yards. That's what Oliver will have. Good stuff, Tom. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll get you back in your normal spot next Friday. Thanks for being flexible here this week, Tom Kaker. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. And to you, Tom Kaker. HawkeyeReport.com is. We take a last look at the clones with Dave Sproul and the Hawks with Tom Kankert. Well, I couldn't make uh, heads or tails out of the uh, slate of games this week as far as gambling. Mm -hmm. Last week, I didn't do much better as well. You got your best bet. But then I lost the other four. You're 500 on the year. Yeah, but I felt like I was finally figuring this thing out. Uh, we'll do our picks next. We've got to slide out of here by 11.30 to get you to Ames for Iowa State's pregame show. We will uh, get you there in plenty of time for that. But our picks before we skedaddle home for the weekend. Miller and Condon, 1460 kicks and 010- 010. building. Normally, this would be the final week of the regular season, and I'd be in mourning. We still got another month of this. I know. Four weeks after this one. Sign, sign up. Uh, not for what got us to this point. <laughs> we could do without that, uh, but this is pretty cool. Anyways, Trent, you had a another winning week, right? Are you on the plus side, three and two. Three and two last week moves us to thirty-two, twenty-three and one. That's a five-eighty-two win percentage. That Take is that, Chris Williams. Money. Oh yeah. Not dinking around around 500 like some people on this station. Sorry, Ken. Guilty. I'm talking more about Chris. Let's get into it here. We got five picks for you. Two in the college, two in the pros, and our best bet as we do each and every week. We kick things off with the Civil War. It is Oregon. Oregon State. Two touchdowns too many. Bama said this earlier. Seen Oregon State. This is a real football team. You, is, you see them play too? Yeah. They're not great, mm-hmm. but they're better than they have been. Grab the 14. In matchup number one. Pick two, my only favorite of the week. Pretty hefty one. Got to lay nine and a half with the Virginia Cavaliers against Florida State. The Seminoles are broken. And then we get a lot of infighting this week. Norvell trying to Mm -hmm. talk about the honor of the Florida State program as Dabo (laughs) has gone after them. Their heads are not in the right space. Virginia had that ridiculous cover a week ago. It will not be ridiculous this week. Lay the nine and a half. Grab Virginia in pick number two. To the NFL we go. And let's jump first. Raiders on the road to Atlanta. West Coast team going east. And this line just seems fishy. Raiders are a good team. Atlanta not so much. But just a field goal, something stinks. Grab that field goal and Atlanta with pick number three. For the fourth pick, another team going east. Arizona going out to New England. I don't think New England's good. But Kyler Murray, his health concerns Shoulder. me. Two you're getting with the Patriots. I think they find a way to get the win. I'll grab New England plus the two. And we finish up with the best bet. Ken, I told you, like this game from the get-go. I like this West Virginia team. I've been on them all season long. Love that defense. They at least slow down Oklahoma and keep it within 11. West Virginia plus 11, my best bet. All right, Trent, I've got five favorites, and I hate the slate of games this week, so let's get into it. Northwestern, Michigan State. Northwestern bringing the Irish pub owners Fisher and Gallagher uh, with them on the road. That defense will get them over the letdown factor. I'll lay the 13.5 over a bad Spartans team. Clemson's, it's a beauty contest now for teams in the playoff, and Clemson is on the road at Pitt. Numbers going down. Clemson's been a while since they played. Give me Clemson. Lay the 23.5. I think they open 
open up a can. Then to the NFL. Got to play a game tomorrow. Going to watch all three. Got to have something going on for one of them. I don't know. Did the Cowboys come to life last week? Andy Dalton looked good. Ezekiel Elliott looked good. Washington? Eh. Give me the Cowboys. Lay the three over the Washington football team. Uh, Mike Lennon starting for Jacksonville, Trent. <laughs> Give me Cleveland. Uh, minus six and a half. Cleveland's got a pulse. Cleveland's in a playoff hunt. Jacksonville is going to be the number two overall pick in the draft, and they will take Justin Fields. Cleveland, minus six and a half. My best bet, this line looks fishy, but anytime you can get Patrick Mahomes and only have to Give three and a half points. Okay, I'll do that. Kansas City minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. Cleveland minus six and a half. Dallas minus three. Lay the lumber with Northwestern and Clemson. We're going to get uh, to Hilton Coliseum here coming up momentarily. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, brother. Yeah, you too. Looking forward to it. What's your favorite? Stuffing. You're a stuffing yeah, guy. Stuffing. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah, that's pretty good too. And my wife's never made Thanksgiving dinner so, a little concerned about the gravy side. Gravy can be difficult. You're biting a jar. No, no, that's gross. No, but you got to have it on, on standby. I'm with you, but in case something doesn't go according to plan, at least you're not. G Migs is doing the cooking for me. We're going, that's Cindy and I awesome. are going to pick it up at G Migs. Why not? It's only two of us for the first time, and I think since I moved to the country, I'm not cooking. Yeah. For Thanksgiving, which I'm going to miss, but it's just the two of us. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, our listeners. We certainly appreciate you spending some of your morning in the 10 to noon slot. Uh, here on Des Moines Sports Station. Uh, next local program, of course, Murph and Andy. Fanatics will be in. Morning Rush is working Friday morning. Good for them. Good for them. Have a great weekend. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.